Hey everybody, welcome back to my podcast. This is not about your body. I'm Jesse Nayland. And today, uh, today I'm a little overwhelmed. You know, spending time on social media, looking at uh, messages and uh, coverage of the Russia's war on Ukraine is pretty freaking rough. As is um, the new bill in Texas, in which uh, basically trans gender affirming surgeries and medical care have been dubbed child abuse um, by their governor, Greg Greg Abbott, and um, they're going to conduct an investigation into these practices under the idea that like it's abusive to allow a trans child to get trans-affirming medical care. And um, it's completely based in a, in a shit ton of misinformation. And the worst part about it is that it encourages, so it can take kids away from their parents by, by qualifying <laughs> helping a trans child be medically cared for and affirmed. The parents can now be qualified as child abusers, and so the kids can get taken from those parents and put into um, CPS, Child Protective Services, and get taken away from their families. Um, so that's horrifying. <clears throat> and also, they are basically asking for people to report it, meaning like teachers who see this happen, uh, or doctors or, you know, whoever, whoever's seeing this happen, a child who's being gender affirmed by their parents, uh, is now supposed to turn them in. Basically they're, they're creating a state in which it is terrifying for trans kids to be themselves and for, for the parents of trans kids to help their kids stay alive and be healthy and thrive. So between those two, horrifying things the uh the internet has felt unbelievably heavy and my heart has felt very heavy and my head has felt very fuzzy and I don't know what I'm going to talk about today although I did think the trans thing I was like maybe maybe that would be helpful I don't I don't know that it would be anything new but I just I can't get it out of my head that like people have so fundamentally misunderstood gender and gender affirming care and trans people and trans people's rights. Like for this guy to pass a law like this, I always wonder, particularly in the case of um, Republican misinformation stuff that is all based on like a kind of um, ethic, like a religious conservative ethic, for example, um, abortion rights or trans rights or you know any number of the things that they they push for I wonder do they really believe all of this like does does Greg Abbott genuinely believe it's child abuse for a kid to be allowed to take puberty blockers does he believe that or is this like uh, just a political move because he knows that he can rile up his followers and get support from certain allies if he pushes something like this forward. Because I could see it going either way. And I think that I, in order to feel 
like I can kind of keep going in this world. It, it would be a lot easier if it were the first one, I think. <laughs> like, it, oh, this is just misinformation. We can correct this, Greg. We can correct this right now. You've misunderstood and we can just clear this up. But I, I don't think it can be that because there's no way that like half of our political representatives genuinely believe a bunch of stuff that could be cleared up really easily. They have to know it's not true. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. It's just an incredibly frustrating thing. And you know what? If you're in a heavy place, maybe skip this episode because I don't have anything uplifting to say here other than to process a little bit out loud how shit this all is. And also, when we talk about like body neutrality and body acceptance, we have to talk about things like transgender folks and their rights. So something like this, a law that essentially criminalizes the parents of trans kids for supporting and getting medical care for their children is absurdly oppressive, absurdly violent. It's going to cause an absurd amount of harm in this world. And it's so easily avoidable. It's so easily preventable. There's absolutely no excuse for something like this. The problem is, again, I don't know if the other side really believes what they're saying or if they are just pushing forward an agenda. And I have really no way of knowing I don't know that it even matters, but let's just talk about the trans medical care, trans affirming medical care that is being banned here for a minute, because I understand for a lot of people who might be in the middle of the road here being like, well, you know, it shouldn't be banned and criminalized and we shouldn't like launch an investigation into child abuse and take the kids away from their parents, but maybe they shouldn't be allowed to have that kind of treatment. Like I could see some people being in the middle here and giving their political representatives power because they, they hear something like this and they're sort of already on the fence and they're like, eh, I'm not going to do anything about it. We'll just let this sort itself out. So I guess that's who I'm talking to today. Like if you are already fully aware of why this is going to cause so much harm, then like carry on with your day. I love you. <laughs> Keep going. Uh, and if not, my guess would be, if you listen to my work and my podcast, that you are already somewhere that you can at least be in the middle of this conversation. If I'm wrong and you are a diehard anti-trans rights conservative Republican, I would like you to message me on Instagram at Jesse Neeland. Please shoot me a message. Let me know who you are, why you listen, what you think about this topic and any other. And I would love to ask you some questions because I just feel like I'm at a loss for for who that is who could have a moral compass that is tuned to not doing harm and yet support something like this new law because so medical uh, gender affirming care for kids is not actually surgeries and it is not usually supplements the way we think of like gender affirming trans medical care for adults. So an adult, 18 and up, can seek medical care to transition their gender. They can, 
you know, uh, take hormones, hormone replacement therapy. They can get surgeries to change the shape of their bodies. They can get facial surgeries to feminize or masculinize their faces. They can do all kinds of stuff. And they're consulting adults and people don't really have a problem with, well, I mean, plenty of people have a problem with that, but most people, I think, who are able to see that it is just them and themselves, that is that the impact is only on themselves, um, they're able to say, okay, well, let them do what they want to do. With kids, it's different because there's this idea that kids don't know better and that it is the adult's responsibility in the kid's life to make sure that they basically don't do something they regret, don't let them completely screw their lives up, don't cause harm to them. Now, I want to acknowledge some nuance here because first of all, I don't have kids, but I know that if I had a child who told me and expressed at a very young age that they were gender um, non-conforming in some capacity, they were non-binary or, or transgender, I think I would struggle as well with what to do to help support them. This is not an obvious, yeah, you know, clearly the right answer is to do whatever they tell you. That's not what I'm saying. And that's not what anybody is saying. It is a more nuanced conversation than that because each individual is more nuanced than that, right? Like if a kid comes to you and says, you know what? Everybody thinks I'm a girl, but I'm actually a boy. You don't just say, great, no more questions on my part. Let's head to a doctor to get you some surgery. Like that's not what anyone is advocating for. That said, if you are in conversation with any parents of gender nonconforming or transgender kids, you know that it is a much more, um, it, it, it is a conversation that is ongoing and persistent with these kids. It is not a whim. It is not whimsy. It is not a mood. It is for these kids, a permanent constant. And they'll bring it up at four, at seven, at nine, at 11, right? Like for the parents of these kids, they're watching a lifetime of their child being tortured, being um, misgendered, misunderstood, erased, tortured, watching their mental health suffer, watching their development suffer, watching their entire ability to live a full life disappear in front of their eyes if they don't affirm that kid's gender. And they can affirm it all they freaking want at home, right? That does not change the fact that unless you take some risks, that kid is still going to be misgendered everywhere else. And when you're talking about like going to a school and people making assumptions about you and going through puberty, my God, you are talking about ruining someone's life, your child's life, your child who you have essentially signed up to protect. So you're put in a position then of either possibly they regret something. There's a very, very small statistical likelihood that a child would regret being put on puberty blockers, both because puberty blockers are entirely re, uh, reversible and because just statistically people who choose to go on them have a very, very low statistical uh, regret rate because most people who are trans are trans. They're not, they're not regretting their, their transness. It's really un unlikely and unusual for that. But anyway, puberty blockers are entirely reversible. All a puberty blocker does, shockingly, since this is what they're named, is block puberty from starting. 
Which means if you have someone born in a little boy body and this little boy does not believe himself to be a boy and he says to his parents, if I go through puberty to become a man, when I believe myself and understand myself to be a girl or a woman, I don't think I can survive that. That would be the worst thing that could happen to me. That would feel like a massive boundary violation. I would feel stuck and I'm not sure I can want to live in a world in which I have to have that man body. Now, imagine that his parents say, you know what? Um, that's too bad for you. <laughs> like, Sorry about that. Uh, we can't do anything about it because legally that would be child abuse to support you in wanting to stay alive and affirming you in being the person you know yourself to be. We would be child abusers and you, you could get taken away from us. CPS could come and take you away from us and put you into uh, the foster care system because we would be theoretically abusing you and sorry, we can't do anything to help. I mean, it is a nightmare. It is a nightmare because now that kid, that that kid has to go through the wrong puberty. They have to develop into a body that they feel so uncomfortable in. And we know that the rates of suicidality and other mental health risks are associated with trans people, specifically trans kids, who are not affirmed. And this is just horrifying. This is horrifying to think about the people who will die who will be homeless, who will be drug addicts, who will kill themselves. These horrible, horrible outcomes we have for trans people who are erased, not affirmed, and cut off from any resources to make their lives more livable, more tolerable to them. We know that it kills people. We know that it torments and kills people. So what are we doing? Now let's say that kid goes to their parents and their parents say, oh, okay, no problem. Would you like a name change? Would you like us to start using she, her pronouns? Would you like to start using puberty blockers? Let's have a conversation about all these things. And that kid now gets to choose a new name, go by whatever pronouns they like, start affirming themselves via clothing and self-presentation if that's something they want to do. And they get the option to consider putting off puberty, which could change their lives in the most wonderful way, because it means that they, they buy themselves some time. They can, and their parents can, buy themselves enough time that they get to a legal age where nobody thinks of them as children anymore and where they are able to say, okay, you know what? Now that I've put that off and I'm you know late into my teens, I'm ready to start really affirming this. And, and affirming it at that point might mean surgeries and or hormonal replacement therapy. But as a kid at, you know, 9, 10, 11, 12, we're really not ever talking about those things. We're just talking about putting off the puberty of the wrong gender for that person, for that child. So that they may both avoid the horror of watching their body become something that feels um, unlivable, feels wrong on a deep, deep level. And so that they may avoid going through a change that they will then have to spend an absolute shit ton of time and money trying to alter and can never truly be altered later on. So let's just look at this same example of 
somebody who was born into a boy body says, I feel like a girl. I don't want to go through boy puberty and I don't want to, you know, grow up into a man body. That just would kill me. And so this person gets to go on puberty blockers. And then at 17, 18, they say, yep, that was the right choice. I'm ready to go through puberty now as the woman that I am. And then they can get that intervention and care as well. And legally at that point, everyone's like, yeah, you know what? You're an adult now. Do what you got to do. And the puberty blockers allowed them to go through it so that at that point, yes, it's late to go through puberty, but it's also, it's also uh, an option. They, they made it an option for themselves by putting off boy and man puberty. Because once the voice drops, you can never undrop it. Once the Adam's apple pops, you can never unpop it. There are changes in puberty that are permanent, whereas putting off puberty is temporary. So now let's say that kid had, I don't know why, but some strange notion that was temporary. And again, statistically, we really don't see a lot of this. But if that was what happened, then at 17, 18, they might say, you know what? I put off puberty because I thought I was a girl. But I've changed my mind about that. And I actually am a boy after all. Nothing has happened that is permanent that will cause harm of any sort. Literally all they did was put it off for a little while. They bought themselves time to figure out what felt right for them. They gave themselves agency and autonomy. Their parents helped support them in having agency and autonomy so that they may go off the puberty blockers at that point and go through male puberty. Their voice will drop. They will do all of these things. And because they found that they had the time and the support and the resources to decide for themselves, yes, this is what I want. It will feel right. It will be good. Right? So no harm whatsoever to someone who changes their mind. So we have no need ever, ever to concern ourselves with the harm caused to someone who blocks puberty. Literally, there is no harm. There is so much research that, that shows us that no harm is caused. It is a delay. That is it. It is a delay. So it delays a permanent response in the sexual, uh, secondary sexual characteristics. So likewise, if a person born into a little girl body says, I am not a girl, I am a boy, I don't want to go through woman puberty, that would kill me. Same thing, right? They buy themselves enough time to get to adulthood, legal adulthood, where they can say, I was right. Thank goodness I never developed, you know, uh, breasts and hips and um, started my period. And, and thank goodness I was able to skip all those things because now I can start the process of going through male puberty with the help of hormones and possibly go through some surgeries to help me affirm who I am and how I am and how I want to feel in this world. Again, no harm, right? Cool. He gets to be who he wants to be. How wonderful. Now let's say a person born into this little girl body goes through the same thing. And uh, as adulthood gets closer, she's like, you know what? I was totally wrong. I thought I was a dude, but I'm not. So silly of me. Again, this doesn't happen, but like this is what I imagine the Republicans imagine is like all these kids being like, oh, that was so silly of me. Tee hee hee. I thought I was a boy, but I'm a girl. Now I've figured it out. Like it doesn't happen that way. 
But I think there is an image carried by people on uh, the sort of anti-trans side of things where they just imagine like, oh, it was a misunderstanding. (laughs) They thought they were a boy, but they're not. Right. So in this case, she's like, never mind. I'm a chick. Let's do this puberty thing. No harm, no foul. She goes through it. Everything's great. She develops how she needs to. Nothing is hurt or harmed. So I just cannot understand, cannot from this place, from the research that we have showing the mental toll it takes on um, trans people who are unable to get the gender affirmation care that they need. We see them die in massive numbers. We see them struggle. We see them be violent towards themselves. We see them... um, unfortunately discriminated against in such a way that life often just doesn't feel worth living or they are outright attacked, hurt, and killed. So we see all of this and we see how much worse it is for those people when their genders are not affirmed in a way that allows them to either um, feel themselves to be in a body that works for them or to move through the world in a body that makes sense for other people's brains to process. All of this can be avoided if we just allow them that extra space, that bubble as kids. Now, if somebody doesn't figure out that they're trans until later in life, like that's okay too. This isn't, this is absolutely a thing that happens. I would say it's probably going to happen a lot more now because we didn't have that upbringing. We didn't have the conversation or the concepts or the medical options when we adults now were little, nobody told me, hey, it's okay to be non-binary. Um, why, why don't we have a conversation about what that means for you? Like I didn't discover that until I was in my 30s. And that's how this goes, right? Like until you have the language and the concepts and the representation for something, you just can't really know it about yourself. That said, I think we're going to see a whole lot of trans folks coming out later in life now and less and less and less, hopefully, Uh, will take so long to come out because more and more and more will be coming out as children. The healthier, safer space we make in the world for trans people, the earlier they can live their truth, the safer they can be in their bodies, the better everything can be for them and the better everything can be for all of us. I genuinely don't think we're going to see a spike in transgender people just because we're making space for trans- transgender people. What we see a spike in is transgender people finally coming out, acknowledging who they are, n- maybe transitioning um, so, that, so that other people have to acknowledge who they are. Uh, but like those people have always been those people, you know? I mean, I was non-binary before I knew I was non-binary. I've always been the same person. I look back as a kid and I can certainly see how all of that stuff manifested. And if somebody had given me the options and the language and the concepts and the representation at the time, I would have taken it. But because I didn't, I didn't, I mean, I struggled immensely. I felt a lot of shame. I felt a lot of confusion. Um, But I didn't have the concepts to even talk about what that shame or confusion really was about until my late 20s when this conversation started to become possible. So all of that is to say, like, we will not be seeing some, you know, massive encouragement of people to become trans 
people already are trans. What we will be seeing is a massive um, spike in people affirming who they already are and living their truth. And that is a good thing. It's a good thing for us as a society. And frankly, if you're like a Republican who worries about things like, you know, crime and, um, I, I don't know, bad neighborhoods and, uh, homeless people, uh, you know, taking up space on the streets. Like if, if we look at a lot of the stuff that, uh, Republicans worry about, it can be solved very simply. And in this case, it would be solved by affirming trans rights to medical care. Because of everything I've just said, we would see if we if we went about this right now, we passed a law that said all of this stuff is not only legal, but welcome as a conversation that the medical care afforded to someone who wants to put off puberty so that they can give themselves some time to figure out what they need in their bodies and in their gender identity was like seen as courageous and healthy and wonderful, we would see so much less of the negative side effects that we currently see for, from people who are struggling with being trans. We would see less homelessness. We would see less uh, mental illness. We would see less suicide. We would see less overdosing. We would see a lot less of the stuff that Republicans want to see less of. And yet they're not doing that. So clearly this is where I go nuts because I'm like, well, then what's your real agenda? Oppressing people like us, upholding some arbitrary ethic. It's so frustrating. And on the flip side of this, we can also see it with abortion, right? It's like, okay, hey, you want less teen pregnancies? No problemo. I could be on board with that. Less unwanted pregnancies? Hell yeah, I can agree with you, Mr. Republican. The issue is I would go about that by more comprehensive sex ed and better access to affordable birth control. And the Republicans are often going about it the exact opposite. They're like, you know what? We need to teach you less and give you less access to protection. And then also still maintain that it's your fault if you get pregnant and you have to keep it no matter what, force you to stay pregnant and have that baby. So like, what's the real agenda here? Because it's not actually to have less unwanted pregnancies or else you would just go with what science, like research is showing us, which is that, Basically, if you give kids comprehensive sex ed, they will have a healthier relationship with sex and they will have less negative consequences like unwanted pregnancies and STIs. So if your goal is that, what on earth are you doing? Why are you implementing the exact wrong policy for the end goal that you want? It just is, it's absolutely maddening to me because this would all be so simple and in some ways like we all want the same thing right like nobody wants kids with unwanted pregnancies like we all want kids to be able to feel safe and you know basically avoid consequences that they don't want but we just disagree on how to get there and I would argue that the sort of liberal agenda of like comprehensive sex care and better access to birth control allows people way better mental health and a better healthy, positive relationship to their bodies and sexuality. Also, it, it is more effective for this end goal of less negative consequences from sex. It is more effective. So we should just be doing that. 
because the other one causes a shit ton of mental health issues, a lot of really bad sex for people, a lot of shame, a lot of young marriages people don't want because they've been taught to be abstinent and therefore they have a really messed up relationship with desire and attraction. And the whole thing is an absolute disaster. And oh, wait, it didn't work for the plan, right? The same thing is happening here with trans rights. If what you want is a healthier population with better mental health and physical health outcomes, then we have to be affirming medical care and rights for trans kids and trans adults. We have to. And that's not even getting into like transphobia. I haven't even mentioned transphobia because I just can't today. I mean, obviously all of this is so transphobic, but if we're literally just talking about the medical care, we can just talk about the medical care and the outcomes that that will have for our society. So the, the whole rest of it, I feel like the conversation about what gender is and what being trans is, is, is too big to even tackle in this breath, in this moment. So all I can say about this is um, if you are on the fence, if you are confused about why it is a good, healthy, positive, magical thing for parents to be able to affirm their kids' genders and get them gender-affirming medical care, I would be happy to talk to you. Please DM me on Instagram at Jesse Neeland. And if you are dead set against this, but you feel like you have some real reasons why that I have not considered yet, I would love to hear them. Because I'd love, I'd love to, to speak to them, you know? Like, I'd love to consider that when I talk about this stuff. I don't want to be in my, in my progressive bubble of um, people who agree with me. Like, I want to be able to be thoughtful and considerate to the points that are coming up. But all, all that I hear is this kind of misinformed sort of um, moral outrage driven argument that kids will regret it, that it's just wrong and that it's somehow child abuse to help a kid put off puberty for long enough that they can make an informed adult choice. It is so, so wrong. Um, yeah, I guess that's everything I have to say about this today. I could go on and on, but just like gender is so important when it comes to body acceptance and self-acceptance, self-affirmation, self-empowerment, that if you don't see how this relates to body image, like I suggest you look again. Um, I think frankly, trans people, trans kids are like, <sighs> we should just be looking to them for guidance. They are extraordinary, courageous beings who are pushing everything forward in the face of preposterous oppression right now. They are de, uh, deconstructing whole systems of oppression just by existing. They are dismantling ages old ideas that are rooted in oppression just by existing. They are liberation workers just by existing. And I believe we should honor the shit out of them take care of them, protect them, not just because they deserve it, although they do, but because I think they are what we need right now. We need 
liberation workers, right? Like we need to break through this oppressive system and who else could we possibly turn to other than the people on the front line, which is really all marginalized people. You know, this is why you'll sometimes hear things like uh, the future of the world is in the hands of black women because black women are so marginalized. Black trans women are even more marginalized, right? Like these are people who are dismantling systems of oppression just by existing. And we should be looking to them and we should be honoring them and we should be celebrating them. And at the very freaking least, we should be protecting them. So that's just a whole other conversation. Sorry for the downer of an episode today. Um, I hope that you are having a better week than me so far. (laughs) And I hope that this episode becomes um, irrelevant because all of these issues will be taken care of soon. That would be freaking fantastic. So, um, yeah, as for what we can do about either of these things, uh, depending on where you live, you may consider um, writing to your representatives, letting them know, especially if you're in Texas, how you feel about this, and uh, donating to the protection of trans kids through any number of organizations uh, that exist to fight back against this and to protect the individuals who are already going, like who are instantly going to be affected by this new law. So good luck. Um, That's it. Thank you for listening. And I will talk to you next time.